Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and a welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I talked to Francis Lung. Um... I was aware of his previous work in Wu Life uh, and got approached to see uh, if I would talk to him uh, about his current music. Uh, and of course, I was, I was thrilled to say yes. And as this podcast unfolds, uh, we have uh, a lot of mutual love for, for several of the same bands, which we go in on. Uh, before we go in on any kind of chat, uh, with Francis Lung, just a few thank yous uh, ahead of that. So just quickly, thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Uh, and thank you to you lot um, for continuing to support Off The Beaten Track. Um, it's a real luxury for me to get to be able to sit and, and talk about music uh, and creativity with an array of really wonderful and lovely people and and throughout the last sort of two years I've, I've been absolutely privileged to be able to do that um and the fact that people listen to it and get joy from it is such a bonus so thank you um for for supporting off the beat and track podcast also if this is your first time listening um when you get to the end of this uh, ace chat um go and have a look in the archives because you can hear me speaking to artists um, as diverse as Foo Fighters uh, to Maxine Peake uh, through to James A. Caster, Ed Gamble, Fatboy Slim, Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, Public Enemy, Swade, Amanda Abington. The list goes on and on and on. Butch Vig, the producer. Um, so, yeah, go. Uh, Go get stuck in because there's nearly 300 episodes now of Natters with comedians, musicians, producers, actors, um, gosh, artists. Go in there and, and have a rummage and I'm sure you'll find loads of chats that will tickle your fancy. Um, also, if you'd like to support the podcast, give us a like, love, share, and a retweet and all of that. We're on all the socials. Um, and as well as that, if you'd like to support in any other way, then you, the best way to do that um, is on Patreon. I have a Patreon page that accompanies this podcast, uh, and each week I put up exclusive episodes over there and radio shows and video episodes and such. So um, you can find out about that and everything else I've been Wittering on about um, at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, that's that bit done. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Francis Lung. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track Podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The cacao bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, 
in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Joining me today, Francis Lung. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, not, not too bad. Um, well, thanks for giving up your time today to come and talk on the podcast. It's much appreciated. Of course. Um, before we get into your, your song picks and stuff, I just want to have the obvious question, um, which it's inevitable that, you know, that the, 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 the pandemic has to enter in every possible conversation seems to be happening over the last year. But I'm always intrigued to know um, how you found the last, I should also point out we're recording this on the 29th of April, um, 21. Uh, so I just wonder how you found the last year and a bit, both personally and, and as an artist. It's been really strange, uh, just like it has been for everybody. Um, I guess, I guess, as an artist, you maybe have this sort of pressure to perform. Almost, it's like um, a, a lot of musicians or artists maybe wish to have more time to do things. There's there's never enough time to get things done, and then suddenly you have a pandemic where you have to stay inside all the time, and there's this pressure to finally do something with that time and uh I, yeah I definitely felt that I felt it quite hard really but but I I I just sort of tried to thrive on it and I tried to uh make the most of it I guess did you did that ever felt false though like as you said it you know it artists often crave that opportunity to have some time and and obviously it was thrust upon us and did it almost feel at, at any point like, right? Well, I, fuck! I've got to, I've got to do it now because the, the the time is here. We didn't know how long this pandemic was going to go on for, obviously. So, did you feel a weight of right? I better do something, or whenever you find time, are you just quite happy to kind of start creating? Well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm always quite hungry for that sort of thing anyway. So, yeah, and um, it's funny really because. My my work, I'm an English teacher, my work didn't really stop during the pandemic at all because everything was already based online. So like with ESL these days, a lot of the careers, you don't actually teach anyone in person. So my life didn't change that much in that respect. The only difference was that I thought, well, other people have the time to do more things, so maybe I should be doing it too. Yeah. Um, I think like I definitely filled my time up like I... I started going back through old songs um, and 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 I started doing live streams where I was reinterpreting my music and uh, an, an EP came out of that because I had to do like stripped back versions of songs because the only concerts I could do were on Instagram Live or something. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I found myself creating an EP for no reason that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Yeah. And um, well, yeah. Well, well, let's let's start today's uh, playlist, and I'm going to ask you, please, for track one, to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Uh, so that would be Styrofoam by Fugazi, um, and I've chosen this one as my favourite ever intro. It's a really tough question, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> everybody says this is a tough one. It's a tough one, but a really good one. And I chose it because it was one of the first things that came to mind. I didn't expect it to be my choice, but it, it reminds me of um, it reminds me of being uh, a kid and li- watching a skate video called Feedback. Um, it's a trans world skate video for anyone that does skate, and um, it's with Arto Sari and Jeff Rowley, two skaters that I like a lot. And it just, it's, it's such a great intro because it just gets me so fired up. Like when I was growing up, I listened to almost exclusively like hardcore punk rock and post hardcore and stuff. 
and it, it it just it transports me and i, I and i i want to just like run out of my door and and just like skate down the street and i don't know like, there isn't any other music that really gives me that kind of like adrenaline rush um so i guess that's what makes a great intro for me something that gets me ready for something you know so what came first skating or hardcore skating skating definitely like do you mind me asking how old you are yeah yeah i'm uh 31 okay because i'm i'm 48 and in the early 90s when i would have been listening to fagazi uh and skating there was you was exposed to so much exciting music through these bootlegged skate VHSs that were being passed around and yeah. as much as you'd be watching the skating you'd be like fuck what's this what's this what's this song and like and then you'd literally go to your record store and go have you got this by and it's like no no can, can we can you get it over can you get it imported it was like it was such because music's so accessible now back then it was such a journey to get anything and and to just hear something on a Obviously, you just shazam it now, and it's like, oh, it's that. I know exactly what that mm. is. And and it was just them skate videos. And I had um, I had uh, Dainton from Dirty Sanchez. Uh, oh yeah, on 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 this podcast, who's a, a huge uh, skater, and uh, and he he was just going off on so many of his song choices, all referenced a different skate video, and it was the, yeah. the impact on that. It's huge and, and, and can't be understated. Certainly, like, you know, and, and the fact that, like, you know, you're 17 years younger than me and, and it still kind of found its way then. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think initially I really got into music um, because it reminded me of skate videos that I watched. Yeah. I think skating was, like, my first love uh, as a kid. And um, so I would listen to the music to remind me of the person that was skating and the part and it would get me excited to go and skate <laughs> and then eventually it sort of although i've skated to this day i still love skateboarding the, the music sort of eclipsed it when i started to play it myself because i started to understand a little bit what went into making it and then it wasn't so much it was it was kind of like oh what are they doing there how's he doing that i, I wish i could do that maybe in a similar way to watching skate videos like what the hell is he doing there? I wish I could make that happen. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, for track two, I'm going to ask you, um, I'm going to take you back and ask you to tell me, please, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Uh, so this is going way back um, to when I was, I don't know, I think I was maybe like five or six. Probably got the maths wrong, but it's uh, it's Breathe by The Prodigy. And my brother and my sister were really, really into um, into The Prodigy as they were like young, maybe pre-teens. And yeah, it was just like their favorite group. And being the youngest of three, I just sort of soaked up all their influences. And I remember listening to The Prodigy on headphones with my big sister and us just telling each other what we imagined when we were listening to it and being you know six years old or whatever I just imagined like robots uh huge scorpions made out of metal I remember them sort of battling each other it's probably because I was really obsessed with power rangers at the time but I, (laughs) I guess like now I would have a different mental image maybe but but that was that was about as powerful a mental image I could have back then, you know, like the, uh, the, the, the enemies fighting each other in power Rangers. <laughs> but it, I felt it so deeply, even though it seems so silly now. Um, and I'll always remember that. And what would the emotion have been? Exhilaration. Okay. I think a lot of that early, the early feelings that I was looking for in music was like this kind of exhilaration. Yeah. Because it's a little bit like drum and bass. It's almost like funky. Like mm. it's like got the it's got like a breakbeat in there and it's like loud and aggressive and very um I don't know, euphoric. Yeah. Yeah. So whereabouts was was home then? Where whereabouts was you listening to this? Um Bury in Manchester, North Manchester. How was that growing up? great i guess i mean i can't complain 
it's just really quite normal. Went to a um, went to a Catholic school, but we weren't really. We went to church. We don't think any of us are that bothered for it though. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have that many. I didn't have that many friends who lived like around near where I lived. So I guess I was a bit of a loner sort of kid. Um, and I think I was maybe, maybe more creative because I spent more time by myself. I don't know. I always wanted to do something artistic. Like I wanted to paint, but I wasn't very good at that. And I wanted to draw. So I drew a lot of cartoons. I was slightly better at that. Uh, but all the while, just just finding stuff to occupy myself um, by myself. Uh, not that it's like some like sad story or anything, but I, maybe I just generally preferred doing whatever I wanted by myself. Because when you have like an older brother and an older sister, they tend to have their own friends, and yeah, they they get they get bored of you quickly. So, <laughs> would you change that if you could, or do you think there's 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 something good to be? Uh, you know, something good has come from that. The fact that, you know, it kind of fired up your, your creativity. Sure. I mean, I just had to like find some ways to occupy myself. So it, it, it was just a lot of teaching myself how to do things like whether it was, uh, whether it was skateboarding or drawing or painting or even drumming later on was something that I, my dad taught me to do. And I was teaching myself to do it, It's Yeah, of course it, you make the best of whatever situation you have. And like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad growing up, but it's often like that being the youngest, you just have to get on with it. So was your dad musical? Yeah, he's, he's a, he was a drummer when he was, um, when he was a, a kid, like when he was 10 or 11, I think he got his first kit. And there's like a family band in the sense that like, it was sort of traditional that everyone learnt an instrument and they would go and play at all the weddings and stuff you know like a function band yeah so that's where my dad comes from that tradition of like maybe not so much writing songs but just learning covers the hits of the day yeah like free or uh or the beatles or bands like these 70s bands and you know going and playing them at weddings and probably earning better money than the kind of money that a lot of bands earn these days at shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, so, uh, like, growing up in a musical house uh, with with uh, older siblings, was you exposed to... I mean, was there music on at home a lot? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, my dad played... My mum and dad played music to us when we were tiny... And uh, I think we're all exposed to similar stuff. Like, he played a lot of the Smiths and Bowie, uh, 10CC, uh, a lot of 70s sort of music. Um, and I think that has, a, that has a major effect on the sort of trends that, that bubble up again uh, within our societies. So the music that your parents, like, you initially reject... And then it comes full circle, and you see at the moment now there's a huge um, resurgence in the 70s in the culture, the way that people dress, even the sound of music today is inspired by it. And it, it makes me wonder that if the 80s is next, I mean, surely that would work as a sort of timeline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's funny because these days the music that I make as well is really influenced by that, especially in, like lead guitar sounds and stuff i'm definitely i've definitely got mick ronson at the back of my mind when i'm playing some of the stuff that i played on the, my new record and and that kind of like you know for so long it was so uncool to be like a you know to do guitar solos or yeah to have any sort of like showmanship or anything but i really dug that stuff when i was a kid and I like to try and do that in my music now and maybe with a sort of self-conscious wink and also just kind of celebrating it. You know, I like that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you, you know, you mentioned Bowie, you mentioned the Smiths and, and I think Johnny Marr would definitely tip his hat to Mick Ronson. I think there was like huge yeah. influence he's got passed down there. And definitely. Yeah. 
Okay, well, um, let's stay in the formative years, and, and I'm going to ask you for track three to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Yeah, so that's um, Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know, do you know they, they Might Be Giants? I do. I know quite a lot about them. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, are you a you fan? Never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had uh, I had a guest on here. I had a, a radio DJ and, and uh, who does like uh, talk radio called Bob Mills, and he uh, he chose a, a They Might Be Giants track. He chose um, uh, Anna Anna Ag Anna Ag is it pronounced Anna Anna, Anna Ang? Yeah, Anna Ang. Yeah, yeah. That anyway. Uh, and then he just literally lectured me on the uh, on they might be giants for uh, the duration <laughs> of the podcast, which was a, an absolute joy um, because I think they're criminally underrated uh, yeah. and they get judged on that song alone um, and maybe a nod to Istanbul. Um, but yeah. you know, I'm not comparing them to like you know Fugazi and, and, and these influential bands, but. Some of that early college rock stuff, like Don't Let's Start, uh, yeah. stuff like, it's fucking great. So good. Like, and, and they just kind of got dwarfed by, like, I guess, the REMs and the kind of other college rock bands that went on to become, you know, stadium fillers. But, yeah, I think even, like, a few years back, like, they, they put out a track, what was it called, Dr. Worm, and it's just genius it just <laughs> so sounds good. like it should be on sesame street it's just <laughs> brilliant and uh yeah they were meant to have been coming over last year to play and uh and i've never seen them so i was like i'm definitely gonna go and watch they might be giants and, and i've reached out to try and get either of them on here i'd i'd, I'd love to kind of pick their uh their uh their their very bizarre minds um the johns yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I mean, as much as the, a lot of the time that band is defined by that track, it's an incredible track, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Birdhouse was uh, just one of those, like, oh my God moments. Because Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, I remember being year nine in school. Can't remember how old that make, would have made me, but um, I remember a friend telling me, Oh, do you know Malcolm in the Middle? You know that that oh, band yeah, who did Malcolm in the Middle theme tune? Well, listen to this. And he probably like put on a, I think it was probably like a a Walkman or something like a portable CD player where you couldn't move because it would just skip. <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> walk with it. Uh, and he put that on. I just remember like, I remember being outside science, like we were queuing up for science class and just listening and just going like, this is a, this is like a world of music in one song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what a fantastic shout. Um, well, in regards to school, how, how did you find it? 
School. Hmm. Hated it. <laughs> I really... I didn't... Yeah, I don't know. It was, it, was only, it was only, like, late into school that I really had a group of friends that I really stuck with. And I... Because I was so obsessed with skateboarding, I would just I just hung out with my my brother and his friends who were in like four years above me, and then of course when they left and I was in like year eight, I was like ah, now I have to find friends that are my own age, and I never really succeeded until more the end of high school. I was sort of like uh, friendships were kind of like transient or passing, or you know what I mean. Like again, it's not like a sob story. I very much was the maker of my own destiny there. If I didn't want to be friends with people i wasn't so like for that reason it was maybe difficult in some ways uh but i think everyone finds high school diff- difficult i mean it's the start of like it's the start of your real personality seeping in uh i guess it's like the mix of your sort of naive self and then the so the side of you that's more aware of the world and sort of maybe what's wrong with it so like you have this big clash internally and I don't think it's a fun time for anyone. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, I can't complain. So towards the end, was was that when you sort of found your tribe? Uh, yeah, that was like when I was 14, 15. That was when, uh, that was when I joined my first band and I started playing drums. Um, and, you know, I I just said to somebody that I overheard they were looking for a drummer and I was like I play drums which was well a total lie of course I didn't play drums I just went home that night and learned one beat with my dad and then uh went in the next day and I was like there you go there's one beat can you play anything else no I mean what else do you need it's just so that, that was the start of me getting into music um and yeah finding my tribe if you like I um from there, we did lots of covers. We covered They Might Be Giants and uh, Flaming Lips. And we even did, like, the Super Mario theme, I think, at one of the Battle of the Bands. What, and, flaming, um, what flaming Lips change you do? She don't use jelly. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we, see, we saw them a lot as well at the Apollo. They're amazing. And um, from there, I started trying to, like, write my own songs. And I think my band at the time were having none of it, like what's the drummer doing trying to play guitar? And so they all quit. And that's where I started to really take on the, the other roles for myself. That's a great way of looking at it. The rest of the band quit, or did they just get rid of you? <laughs> How are you going to view that? <laughs> yeah, they, they all just quit. <laughs> I never thought of that before. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, well... Um, in them formative years as well, uh, I'm going to ask you for, for track four, please, to tell me the first record you remember buying from a, uh, a record shop. So I've written its um, Flat Beat by Mr. Wazo, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that was the first tape I ever bought. Um, I th- it was either that or My Name Is by Eminem, which had the instrumental version on the other side, so you could like try and rap along. I mean, since I've sort of definitely gone off Eminem, he's turned out to be a proper wrong mm. but um, but I still I still like uh, this Mr. Wazo track. I mean, yeah, it it just takes me back to being just really not excited by music, but just excited by the association of the song. Yeah. You know, like it's such an exciting sort of track, and it makes you feel like. Probably the music video. That's probably why I liked it. The music yeah. video with the puppet and yeah. uh, I don't know. I guess I think when you're young, you have a much more primal sort of appreciation for music. You know, there's no intellectual thought about it. Like, oh, these chord changes or the, these words. It's just like, yeah, this feeling. I want that feeling again. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, 
They do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. And, and you touched upon the fact that you use exposed to stuff like Bowie and, 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 and the Smiths, which I'm going to sort of focus on for a, a, a little bit here. And as, as a southerner looking up at, at Manchester and, and, and being at the age I am, you know, being 18 or 17, 18 in, in 1989, it, you know, there was nowhere I wanted to be more than the, the Manchester. Mm. It looked so exciting. But is, is that kind of rich musical history something that, you're exposed to uh, at a sort of young age. You know, it might just be a very casual thing that I'm, and I'm getting it wrong, but I just presume that in Liverpool, everybody's just, you know, here's the last, here's the Beatles, like, enjoy it. And, like, and, and obviously, there's so much in Manchester. And, and I just wonder, is, is it something that sort of filters through? Because I guess where I am in Essex, we've got Depeche Mode and the Prodigy, and we're fiercely mm. proud of that. And, and, and I, you know, I just wonder, is it something that in them formative years, you kind of, you feel the weight of it, you know, in, 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 in the town you live in. I think more than feeling the weight of it, you literally can't escape it. Yeah. It's on every street corner, there's like plaques about different places where Tony Wilson said this here. Like, it, <laughs> you, and so really growing up, I sort of rejected it all. I mean, I like the music and uh, I like some of the music anyway, but all this like factory revival and just constantly looking back was something that you know as a as a teenager and as a 20 something in Manchester I just me and my friends actively rejected so I think when you're actually growing up in that place it's very different I imagine that lots of people in Liverpool are sick of the Beatles you know yeah or like sick of sick of the laws and for everybody else, it's just like this romantic idea of what it would be like. Absolutely. Um, but in the same time, um, like I do, I did have a, a major obsession with the Smiths growing up, mostly just because of Johnny Marr. Yeah. I've always, I've always been attracted to you know guitars, guitarists, and you know his style is just so inimitable because. If you try and play like Johnny Marr, you'll just sound like you're trying to be Johnny Marr. You won't even sound like him. <laughs> yeah. And even Johnny Marr doesn't sound like Johnny Marr anymore. Yeah. But I think probably, probably on purpose because he doesn't want to sound like the Smiths. But that yeah. era, it's just so special to me. Obviously, yeah. I can sort of discount the Morrissey part. So I, can, this... I can just sort of switch that off now. <laughs> so that's interesting because I, I, I like to ask guests about, about that. Um, you said, you know, a, a moment ago that, you know, M&M's, you know, ended up kind of saying some stuff that it's not so cool. Uh, and obviously, Morrissey's done very much the same. And, 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 and in this podcast, speaking to so many people of like artists that they were exposed to in sort of formative years, uh, you know, people would mention Michael Jackson a lot. Um, mm. And so I just always like to ask artists if they can separate the the art from the person and still enjoy the art it really depends on who it is what they've done and most of the time no i think i can listen to the smiths because it's not just morrissey mm -hmm. i honestly don't listen to morrissey's solo stuff um i'm not i'm not listening to him and i don't want to like the song is is a sort of entity in itself uh, Michael Jackson. Never really listened that much to him, anyway. Yeah, no. large, largely. I mean, you have to believe the voices that speak up against people when they speak up. They, they wouldn't do it otherwise. I, that's my view of it. Oh, and that. I, uh, there's so much music out there by so many really great people yeah. that do so much good for the people. 
why not why not give your time to them absolutely you know? absolutely track five the song that soundtrack speaking of clubbing <laughs> but i had to i had to put it in there it's this charming man by the smiths and because i suppose the question like clubbing like first like i never really never really clubbed but you know i kind of wish i could have done like you know speaking of that nostalgic manchester thing like the hacienda scene it looks incredible like i wish i could have done that stuff i was just too young like getting pilled up and uh listening to listening to that kind of music emerging for the first time and you know it must have just felt like an epiphany like every night i would have loved to do that but instead what what my generation i had in manchester was like a club called fifth avenue and another club called 42s and it was like this first wave of Manchester revivalism and you just go and you pay like a quid for a vodka Red Bull and you just wait for this charming man to come on because it's the only song that you like on the playlist of these Manchester hits. Uh, and so it has significance for me because, you know, me and my friends like would literally wait. And, you know, you would go there to try and meet girls maybe or, you know being underage and in a club trying to meet girls never worked i was never confident enough to talk to anybody um but then that song would come on and you would dance and you just couldn't get over how good the guitar riff was and how it how it won you over every time and you know i still still get that feeling it's funny there's uh there's the hatful of hollow version and then there's the album version of this charming man I don't know which one I like more because there's the sort of like, oops, there's like the swing version. And then there's like the sort of like punk rock version. And I guess yeah. it's cool to have like the different moods. That's what I wish like, you know, like there's no peel sessions anymore. Yeah. It's and and it, what's weird about the sessions is that like one, the songs would have that different version, like with the swing mm. tempo and they would do like overdubs and they would double track vocals and stuff. Like I like live music as much as the next person, but I kind of wish they would go back and, and really re-record that song. Yeah. That was cool. It was cool. I think it's uh hatful of hollow was my first Smith record. And oh, so really? I hadn't heard the intro, I just heard that, dun, 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 like, I hadn't heard the, the, the lick of Johnny, Yeah, you know, until, like, it got reissued with, like, a bit of a, a Smith's resurgence, you know, in, in 1991, and, and I was just like, wow, what's this? And it was just, <laughs> just hearing that, that opening guitar solo was just like, wow, and it, obviously it just sounds so much bigger, and it hasn't really got that sort of swing, you know, she said, like, sort of vibe to it, and... And it was just like hearing a completely different song, which is great because, as you say, you've got two versions of a, an, an absolute, you know, belter of a record. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned earlier that um, you, 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 you know, you was never confident as a, as a young lad to, to, to go and talk to girls. I, I, I get that. I was the same, you know. And uh, Still not. Still not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to ask is like... Uh, it's okay, uh, I'm engaged. As a as, as a person, <laughs> talk to um, one girl. Are you? I mean, obviously, you, you, you've since gone on to have success in in in, in you know in, in a band, and obviously, as, you know, in your own right. Um, would you say like you, you, you're confident now as a person? I think I've learned how to be confident as myself, or at least secure within myself to some degree as in like I can accept the fact that I'm not a very confident person you know <laughs> and and that doesn't trouble me like it maybe used to I don't I used to maybe berate myself for not being uh confident enough or not being uh opinionated enough or something uh and I think I think that's better than growing in confidence because I don't even like confident people you know what I mean mm -hmm. they're so annoying and that was probably what was troubling me growing up. Like, oh, I want to be, I don't want to be so shy, but I don't want to be like them. Yeah. <laughs> so just being comfortable with yourself is something that I do appreciate being, you know, slightly older, 31. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm old? No. No, Maybe mate. not. <laughs> I'm older so than I was. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, 
what about i mean you know aside from the the, the teaching you know music is is famously a very tough and competitive industry for sure uh, so with that in mind and and hearing what you said about confidence i'm just interested in drive would you say you're driven <laughs> i think that's probably my best quality <laughs> uh if if i had what any uh is that like i think i think when i was growing up i was just thought a, a bit of a quitter in a lot of ways like in, in school like i was i definitely could have put more effort in and in you know like i like jobs that I've had growing up, I definitely could have put more effort in, you know. But then when it came to music, that's when I found that sort of drive and like sort of some sort of sense of tenacity. And it's not just in like, I'm going to succeed because like I'm not even that successful and I, I don't know if I ever will be and I don't care. It's more about like the tenacity of like, I'm going to finish this song and like, I'm going to make this record or I'm going to learn how to do this. So, like, I'm, I'm extremely driven in some ways. To, and I think, like, as you say, music's so competitive and it's hard to make a living. But I'm not competing against other musicians. I'm just competing against my own schedule. Sure. <laughs> so, like, like, a lot of musicians have to fight against their job and, you know, their holiday hours so that they can afford to go to gigs and stuff. And... It's it's the same for me. Like the the more time that I have to spend, like I don't know, teaching people English, or um, which I really enjoy, or the more time that I have to spend, like saving money for this or that, like it makes me want to make music even more. Um, it's like I don't know. Maybe I just have the fear of death in me. Like, yeah, you you're only here once, and you've got to make the most of it. And I don't know. I'm constantly, I'm constantly maybe a little bit scared that if I don't write, then I'll forget how. Uh, and I'm constantly writing little things in my phone, little things that might start off songs, um, humming little musical ideas. I, I, it just makes the hard stuff that I have to do in life seem a little bit more worth it or something. <laughs> I hear you. Favourite 50 of them so far, I've gone, county? Oh, fuck, I thought you said country. So, <laughs> so yeah, you've nailed it. You're, uh, you're, you're one of the few. Oh, I feel really special. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
Well, I chose a song from 10cc, and it's I bought a flat guitar tutor, or I bought a flat guitar tutor, depending on how you read it, because it's obviously 10cc. They grew up in Presswich, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's either Greater Manchester or Lancashire, depending on uh, depending on what uh, decade you're talking about. And that's that's me, and I love this song because he literally names the types of chords as he goes through the piece yeah. of music and he turns those into very sort of evocative lyrics. So it's a really nerdy song in some ways, but if you didn't know anything about like the music theory side, you could just enjoy it as a perfectly good piece of music. Yeah. And it's just like 10 CC are so inventive and underrated and brilliant as songwriters and, I'm proud that I came from the same county, you know? County. Great word. Was that something that <laughs> um, you was exposed to from your dad's record collection? Yeah, and my mum's. I, 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 don't, I think my mum might have been the bigger 10cc fan. So, like, ELO and 10cc and, like... They, I think they even had, like, Godly and Creme, like, best ofs yeah. and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just them all over, my parents all over. And I think... I think I connected with the with that record collection more than my brother or sister. They liked some elements. My sister was more into the eighties stuff, and my my brother liked some more of the some of the stuff that I did. But I was so much more impressionable than them. I think I just like whatever my parents thought was good. It'll be like, oh, well, this must be good because they like it. So it means that I got really into prog as well for a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last track. Uh, you can play DJ now and uh, and tastemaker and turn people onto something new. Uh, I'm going to ask you, please, for a song that many people uh, don't know that you would like them to hear. Sure. Well, the song I've chosen is uh, "Message Personnel" or "Message Personnel" by Francoise Hardy or Francoise Hardy, depending on whatever accent you want to use. And um, I don't know if not everyone's heard it, but being an English person my french girlfriend introduced me to this song and of course i'd never heard it she's not huge in this country and it's incredibly like melodramatic and very sort of uh romantic and it has the, the whole first part of the song is just this uh this spoken word which is a personal message obviously from the title uh to a lover and if you actually read the translation of it, it's incredibly uh, like harsh and it's quite um, quite a painful read. And that's what makes the, the the whole song just feel that much more like, I don't know, uh, significant. It's like a doomed love story. And it has one of the best drum um, like intro fills that I've ever heard. It's like pure 70s. Uh, soft rock power (laughs) so what we do is we put together a a Spotify playlist as well to accompany the podcast so people can go and and, and listen to all of the tracks that we've we've spoke about today Um, and and, and some of your music as well obviously Um, and so we're in we're, we're just about to enter May 2021 and it feels hopefully that there's an air, uh, uh, you know, a, a more positive, you know, feeling in the air that hopefully, you know, in the coming months we'll be able to kind of get back to a sense of normality that will involve mm. us being able to connect more with others and, and hug our friends and, 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 and dancing at clubs and gigs and such. Um, what are you looking forward to this year and what's going to be happening professionally? Uh, well... Getting married pretty soon. I'm looking forward to getting married. Amazing to my wife. Um, so that's going to be good. And um, maybe we can have some kind of a celebration with my family. I'm going to meet my little nephew that I've not met yet because of the pandemic. So those are like you know personal things I'm really looking forward to. And uh, professionally, I'm looking forward to um, playing some shows. We're playing uh, J- July first at. Victoria in Dalston. Hope I got that right. It is and Victoria in Dalston. It's a great venue. 
Yeah, I don't think I've been. Um, and 2nd of July, we're playing uh, Deaf Institute in Manchester. So that's going to be great because I've, I've never I've never headlined there before. Uh, maybe a couple of festivals in the summer. Just pretending to be normal humans, you know? Yeah, wonderful. And for people that want to keep up to speed on those shows and releases and everything else, where's the best place to kind of keep up to speed with what you're up to? I quite like Instagram. At Francis Long on Instagram. It's the same on Twitter. I like those too. Yeah. I'm less on Facebook, but I think kind of people just are generally less on Facebook. And of course, I've got a website, FrancisLong.com. Managed to find a good uh, a good handle that I could just put on everything. It's quite simple. <laughs> yes. Well, um, if it's cool with you, uh, when we put this out, we tag you in it. So uh, if people aren't following you already, then they can go and do that. And uh, thanks so much. That'd be amazing. Everything that you're uh, that you're up to. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really and lovely you. hearing you talk yeah. about records. No, it's been great talking to you too, and uh, good to meet another. They might be Giants fan. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. Thank you so much. There you go. Wonderful. Lovely, lovely chat. People, go and check out the Spotify playlist. And when you get to Birdass in your soul, then click on the little thing that says they might be giants and then just press play and let it play and let it keep playing and playing and playing. Um, Because it's glorious. And uh, and they're they're as as touched upon on this podcast. They're massively underrated, and they're great. Um, yeah, so many bands on there. Go go get stuck into Fugazi. Um, oh gosh, yeah, go and get stuck right in there um, because there's a, a whole world of um, raucous delight to be uh, to be enjoyed there. Um, I'll be back next time. In the meantime, um, tell your friends about this podcast. Um, if you see us on the socials, give us a share, um, a retweet, all of that stuff. And as mentioned at the beginning, go and explore the back catalogue um, or best still subscribe. And each week you'll find that one, two, maybe three, sometimes four episodes will pop up on your listening device. And, uh, and yeah, and then it's down to you if you choose to listen or not. I'll be back next time. Stay safe, lovely people. Everything you need to know about this podcast, off the beat and track podcast.com. Be excellent to each other, and I'll see you soon. Bye bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You've made Stu with him. Eat a